Children's church ages uh, fourth grade and younger is dismissed. Um, I don't know if there's any kids here, but if they are, they are dismissed now. Thank you for praying for the men, and I, I hope, I hope that as this service began, and it's, it's hard because I know you have lives and things are going on in your head, and, and you're probably wondering why I wear the same shirt week after week after week. <laughs> My wife kids me about it all the time. She says, John, you can't, you can't always wear the same thing, not because it's dirty, because she faithfully washes it, because she loves me. I would stink otherwise. I would wear the same clothes, because I don't smell myself. She does. But I've never been concerned about the way I dress. Don't really care much about the way I talk either. Sometimes it has a Minnesota flair. Sometimes it takes on a Chamorro accent. Sometimes it becomes the words of God. And I'm convicted by what I say. I convict myself every time I preach. Last time it was just sharing the pain of life. This time, it's sharing the pain of knowing that I've been called to follow a way of love, and I don't. You see, if you come here today and you say, John, I I follow the way of love, then help me. Because I don't always. My daughter and my wife would bear testimony, but they honor me as their father and their husband by not sharing with you all the times I've been nothing more than a jerk, overbearing and lording it over people. Ari said a quiet amen over there. I heard that. Well, she used to honor me. <laughs> first Corinthians chapter 14. If you have your Bible, it's the first verse. If you don't have your Bible, you'll memorize it by the time we're done. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. I went through this sermon, I think, about five times before I spoke to you. Each time, it got longer and more serious. (laughs) Darn. I was like, come on, Lord, can't it be a 15-minute feel-good sermon? He said, no. Because following the way of love is never easy nor comfortable. You see, we first have to ask ourselves, what is the way of love? What does it look like to follow the way of love? And then... We need to reflect on, do I do that? Well, let me put it to you like this. If we were to, and some people theologically don't like to do this. Okay, They don't like to insert different words in Scripture. But I, I assure you, you'll see the logic behind it. And if you don't, I beg your forgiveness that you don't like my style of interpretation. But it says, follow the way of love. My Bible says that Jesus is the way. So I could say, Follow the way of Jesus, or follow Jesus. It also says that God is love. So I could say, follow Jesus' love. I could say, follow the way of God. I could say, follow the Son of God, who is God. I could say, follow Jesus as He is God. I could say it all kinds of ways and keep turning it around, but the fact of the matter is, the way is Jesus and God is love. We can't divorce those two. And so, no matter what interpretative methods you take, no matter what intellectual principles you apply to it, Jesus is the way. And God is love. If you have not Jesus Christ, you have not the way. If you have not God, you have no love. 
So we establish firmly in our minds, first and foremost, that Jesus Christ is the way. Now, here's some interesting things. The way has never changed. The way has been here since the beginning of time, and the way will remain eternally Christ. You say, well, John, how was Christ there in the Old Testament when the Israelites were running around the desert? Or how was Christ there when Adam and Eve were sprinting around the garden naked talking to snakes? He was there in the form of a promise. He said, I will call to a people who are not my people. I will give them new hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. It was a promise. We were supposed to take that promise and go out and prophesy and tell the world, Woohoo! Good news! Good news! Good news! God has promised salvation to His people. Instead, we said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back the truck up, God. (laughs) You know, that way doesn't sound quite kosher with me. You know, in fact, God, I got a different plan. You see, there's that tree over there. I'm going to go that route. Appreciate the offer. Extend courtesy to you. Love you. But I'm going to do it my way. At that moment, the will of man asserted itself and went out into the world. And ever since, there's been evil. Because any decision we make apart from the way is not the way. (laughs) It's false and it leads people astray. It dooms souls. Jesus said it's better that you have a big anchor around your neck and be sunk to the bottom of the ocean than do something like that. If we are to follow the way, we must, we must be moved of God to believe that Jesus is the way. And then, upon knowing, experiencing, seeing, sensing, having a heart for Jesus being the way, the whole means is love. Because that never fails. Prophecies, they'll cease. They're going to be gone. We won't need healing anymore. But love will never, ever stop. Jesus is the way to that love. That love that we need in this world that is dying because the will of man, the will of people, has asserted itself and gone out into the corners of the world and said, I did it my way. (laughs) That song, it's thinking, it's message is from hell. It dooms people. I'm not saying Frank Sinatra is a bad man, but the message behind that song is an authority, a teaching, a principality. He doesn't care what he did. As long as he did it his way, he's happy. He asserts that pridefully. Even though he's dying, the end has come. He asserts before all the world, I did it my way. (laughs) And we die in If we are to follow the way of love, we must first decide Jesus is the way. And it's not just this concept. We've got to stop thinking in terms of we're educating ourselves so that we know God more. You know, we we attach certain worth to how much we intellectually know. I know I've brought this up before. 
but I'm so tired of people lording their education over someone else. Well, so-and-so who's a Ph.D., so what? If he has not the way of Christ, if he has not love, he's just making noise. Why do we put so much merit in the mentality of people and their talent to expound facts instead of walking by faith in the way of God? If we are to follow the way, it will not be of ourselves. Our way is skewed. So what does the way look like? How do you follow it? Well, it's kind of interesting. God tried to show the Israelites that I'm the way. Follow me. He was a pillar of fire. He was a cloud of smoke. He parted the seas. He took them around the desert. He told them this is going to happen. And what did they do? They started going around telling people, we got the promise, we got the promise, you don't have it, smite the <laughs> And they began to show off their promise. They weren't following the way. They had no love. They simply said, heathens, heathens, kill them, Lord, dash their babies on rocks. Because we're the people of God. God says, your, your hearts are far from. You see, a pillar was not enough. Smoke and fire was not enough. But interestingly, God didn't leave us there. For a time, He worked through a promise, a word to us. He said, I'm coming. I will restore you. But then He did the unthinkable. He personified the way. You see, all that was wrong with the world was being manifest in the way that we decided, thought, and chose. Still is. Every decision, every thing outside of the will of God becomes a working of men, a working of women, a working of people. And that in itself is imperfect. And so try as we might, we had our heroes, but King David fell for a naked woman. Samson fell for a woman. How many other men have fallen for women? How many women have fallen for social opinion? How many of us are falling because of the want of other things? Our way is not right. Jesus constantly says in the New Testament, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. There's a tragic story. If you've read it, I'm sure, if you haven't. The rich young ruler, Jesus comes, comes to Jesus. He says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looks at him and he goes, obey the rules. The guy says, I did obey the rules. Which is interesting because that means eternal life cannot be had by obeying rules. Catch that. Because if you don't, you're going to be on the wrong way. The way is not a work of us. The way is a work of God. He promised to perform the work when he said, I will bring you to the land of milk and honey. And now here's the cool thing. He came, and He actually lived the way we needed. But here's the mind blower. Though the way came among us, though the Word was promised, and it said this will happen, when the way finally appeared, and it dwelt among us, and it said, here I am, all that is right, we, with all that was wrong, looked at Him and said, who cares? We don't like your way. 
We still say that. We wander through our little deserts. I don't like this way, God. I don't like the circumstance of cancer. I don't like being fat. I don't like being bald. I don't like wearing different clothes. And it's amazing that all that is wrong tells all that is right what's up. I have heard so many people say to me since that last sermon, wow, you know, I just don't understand why that evil happens. Hello? We're here! (laughs) It's us! It's not a mystery! You don't have to search and say, God, how can this be? You just have to look in the mirror and go, oh, yeah, that's right, that way thing. We're going the wrong way. And what's funny is when the right way came to us and expressed all the righteousness that we should need, all the goodness that we desired, we didn't receive Him. We killed Him. The way came and dwelt among us. His love was manifest to us. And what did we do? Nah. I need a new car. We crucify Him. But not even the wrongness, the totality of our wrongness could overcome the rightness of the way. Though He dwelt among us and though our sin and our wickedness was heaped upon Him in the form of our judgment to kill Him, kill Him, kill Him! He looked right back and He said, Not my will. Your will be done, Father. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They still don't. This sermon bothers me because it's me that's the problem. The sermon bothers me. I shout and I get angry because I'm disgusted with myself. The way is Jesus Christ. He lived for me. The rightness of Christ is all I need. The way has been walked. So what am I going to do now? Say please and thank you the rest of my life and impress God with my manners? When Jesus came, He looked at the Father and He said, showing us what the way looks like. Father, not my will be done. If you were to follow Jesus Christ, surrender your will. I know that is totally unnatural. We sang that song just a moment ago, coming to kiss the feet of mercy. You heard me sing wrong words throughout that song because the whole week I was singing it, I said, bowing to kiss the feet of mercy, crawling to kiss the feet of mercy, longing. Have you noticed mercy really doesn't come from anywhere else? It doesn't come from us. Have you noticed we got teeth? And if our teeth ain't sharp enough, we get false ones. I know, I'm heading there fast. To follow the way of love is to relinquish our will and say, Father, not my will, but Your will be done. And then, to follow the way of righteousness belongs to Christ. You see, all the good works and all the stuff needed to fulfill the law, which so easily mocks us. I had an argument with one of the other elders. 
We were arguing intent of law and letter of law. God forgive us. The law was never meant to make you righteous. The obeying of rules was never meant to make you good. In fact, it was meant to show you the exact opposite. As you read the Bible, the reason that it convicts you so bad is because you're not doing that. Love your neighbor as yourself. We relinquish our will and we depend upon the right things that Jesus did. And now in our lives as professed believers, we depend on the right things that Jesus is doing. If something good comes from me, if something right comes from me, it is a gift of God, is it not? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. So if I'm to follow the way, it is the rightness of Christ that comes through my life as a gracious gift of God. I relinquish my will saying, Father, you know what's going on. I don't, but I'll trust you. But here's the interesting part. If we're to follow that way, what did Jesus do when he came? He bore our burdens his whole life. He was an alien, a stranger in this land. Which tells us that if we're to follow, we'll become the same. Jesus dies on the cross. And the world, for one dark moment, realizes wickedness has killed good. Clouds come, rains come, winds come, storms come, violent earthquakes. The whole order of things is upset and about to come undone. But God in His mercy raised Jesus from the dead that the one, the one righteous, one would become righteousness for all who would depend on Him. His way. And evil conquered that day. For all to see, for all to examine, for all to testify to. It was done before the creation of time, but it was lived out and manifest in a way that was physical, personified in a person we could meet and see and touch and greet. He went to heaven to prepare a place. So what does it look like to follow the way? I relinquish my will. I lay it down. God, please, teach me how to lay my burdens, my cares, my concerns, my wills, my ways, all those things down at the foot of the cross because they're all that is wrong within this world. I am wrong. and You are right. Won't you live your rightness through me? So, to follow the way of love is to be under Jesus' care. It's to be cared through, cared to and through Christ. Let me show you what I mean. Jesus came and He denied Himself. Why? Because He didn't come to serve Himself. He came to serve us. You're to follow the way of love. You're no longer here to serve yourself. I'm sorry. It's not good news 
for the self-gratifying people that we are. It's just the opposite. You say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Lord, don't let me lose any that You've given. Lord, can I encourage? Can I help? It's self-denying. It denies self because it takes a cross. And it's, it's not the cross of human affliction. A lot of you have spoke to me about that last time and said, that's, wow, that's amazing. I don't carry a cross that says, poor me, my daddy killed himself. I don't glory in that. That's tragic. The cross I carry says, I killed my Savior. The cross I carry puts a crown that says forgiveness. What does that make me if I have a crown that says forgiveness on it? King of sinners. I have no good in and of myself. I must deny myself. The moment myself comes through and I exalt some sort of human cross, I no longer am on the way and I've denied the only righteousness that I have. And so the cross we bear to this world is one that says, we're wrong. We're so wrong. We were so wrong in our thinking that we killed Him, thinking that somehow our way would triumph, but no. Love never fails, and our God rose from the dead. He said, it's finished. For all who would believe by faith, it is finished. Death will lose its sting and sin will fade. But only if we will deny ourselves and pick up the cross of Christ. You have nothing to show this world other than You are a sinner forgiven like me. With a Savior who is raised and powerful and will never leave you. So if we are to follow the way, we must deny ourselves and carry the cross. We're to be sacrificial. This one's kind of cool. This is a little treat my dad gave me. I'm going to share it with you. It was a special night. I drove in the van on Tuesday morning, the morning of the rainstorm. I had finished a message at um, a Christian school, and I came here and I met with the staff, and we prayed, and I told them what I was going to talk about. And I called up Joe Hendricks because his gutters were full of leaves, and I thought, I've got to help Joe Hendricks. You know, I can't see that old fat man up on a ladder. He'll kill himself. <laughs> I'm just a younger fat man. <laughs> I killed myself. Indeed, he does. So there I was, calling Joe. And like Joe, he didn't have his phone on, so he didn't answer. And I drove down the road, and in the middle of this deluge, all of a sudden, God started reminding me of the passage. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And in the course of an hour, the message had come out of my brain. And I actually talked in the truck. I preached to my windshield. It wasn't converted. And the message was done. And I I came home and Jan said, well, are you ready for your message? I go, I I think it's done. (laughs) I think the message is is complete. So I went to type it on my computer and my computer blew up. It did. I mean, it literally just fizzed out. Dan Overby looked at it and he goes, wow. John, it's it's dead. (laughs) He goes, but your sermon was in there. And I went, no. No, it was really cool. God gave me this sermon. And I and I was typing and the computer blew up. 
Well, then he couldn't get a computer working, so I was like, well, I've got to write it down. I've got to write this message down. <laughs> Looks about like the storm did on Tuesday morning. Sacrificial. You see, Jesus denied Himself and He became food to us. Think about it. He came to a world that was sad. And He gave joy. He came to a world that was lost. And he lit the way. He came to the impatient. And he gave patience. Though they railed against Him, He loved them. Forgive them, Father. So, if we are to follow the way, we too are sacrificial. How does that work? I have heard so many people testify to the trials and tribulations of this world as well as myself, and I'm just going to give one example. Here's a common one. There's a person at work that's driving me nuts. This person is always on my case. You know, I think they personally got it out for me. The good news is, you're a discerning person. They probably do. <laughs> they probably do. Just like you had it out for the world before you knew Jesus. Because at any cost, it was you. Not them. I want it, Lord. Get them out of the way. When we encounter someone, as we're following the way, when they are impatient, that is when God feeds them through a Christian. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Patience. The world is hungry, and, and sure, they're so hungry, sometimes they're ravenous, and in their haste to eat this food and taste of God, they might scratch you or hurt you, and that's the last part we'll get to. But the bottom line is, they want to taste and see that the Lord is good. They don't want to fight clowns. They come forward and they say, I hate. And the Spirit says, I give you love. Come, eat. That's why Jesus said, you must eat my flesh. If we don't feed upon the nourishment that Christ is to us, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, and all that, His life, we don't have it. So if we are to be a follower of the way, our love is sacrificial. In its nature, we will be consumed by those around us because we offer the fruit of the Spirit. So we look at that. And we realize we've been feeding everybody candy, rotting their teeth. That convicted me. I was deeply angry. Somehow I kidded myself. I could teach behaviors to people. Forgive me, God. Sacrifice comes by way of the Spirit. If you are to be a follower of the way, your life will be like the burning bush. It's when the Creator came to the Creator. Here's the beautiful thing. The bush wasn't consumed. God shined, spoke, illuminated, presented Himself through creation. And he does through believers today. That same bush that burned in the desert many years ago that called, called Moses 
will burn through some of you. And more Moseses will be called. And they'll always point to the one who does it. Who did it, who does it, and will do it. This is the last one. If we are to be a follower of the way, not only do we deny ourselves and carry the cross and say, this is all i got to show for my life. This is it right here. No sermons. No good kids. No good education. All i got is a cross showing that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and I need a hope. That self-denying spirit takes over and we become a sacrifice to this world. A vessel to be poured out into and through to a world that is starving for God. God never leaves people hungry. You're not going to run out of the spirit stuff. But you're going to run out of your stuff. The last thing. This isn't fun. Because you're going to suffer. I can't tell you that. I mean, come on. Perfection came to earth. And we killed him. And now we're going to by faith, ask perfection to live to us and through us and to others and expect it's going to be fat, dumb, and happy from here on out? Good night, people. They are going to rip us to shreds like lambs led to slaughter. You will be scorned by the public. They will look at you and say, a little too charismatic for me, a little too deep into that Jesus stuff, I tell you. I know it's a hard teaching, but though this world fight and though this world rail and though this world persecute the believers of God, we still only have a cross that says, but, but I'm telling you, we killed Him. But His love is overcome. Forgive them. So if you're to be a follower of the way, you actually welcome sinners and you eat with them. You deny yourself and you say, here, I offer you patience and you're impatient. I offer you joy in your sadness. I offer you love in your sin. That's what Jesus did for us. That was the way. If you follow the way, you have to extend that to people. I love you. Forgive you. Have I shown you the cross? Benembling, suffering, shame. My sin did that. But then we look and it's empty. And Jesus one day comes back. My Savior did that. If you're to follow in the way, it will point clearly to Christ, His righteousness, His love, His way. You will deny yourself. You will sacrifice. And you will suffer. But one day, the prophecy will be realized that we will sing about as one voice in this church today. Our God is great. The band's going to come up here and we're going to stand and sing. And I encourage you, do not stand if you do not believe this. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty. That's a prophecy. He's coming back. The world will see how great is our God. That's a prophecy. 
That's the prophecy. There's no greater prophecy than that. One day, all eyes will behold how great our God is. But as always, to see our God, we must repent of our ways and cling to the way that is Christ. As the band comes up, because they missed the cue, I love these guys. They give up their time unselfishly. They sacrifice. They share the greatness of God in providing service, which is a gift. But as we close this message, and we cry out and prophesy, God, You are great. All the world will see that. You've got to ask yourself, Lord, have I been living my own way? And if so, repent. His kindness leads to repentance. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And every voice will sing, How great is our God. Will you stand and prophesy with one voice? And I know that in that prophecy, some of you will be gifted to go beyond these doors and become a burning bush to those who have not seen God. Eagerly seek the gifts. Eagerly seek the gifts. But above all, seek the gift that points to Jesus. How great is our God.